Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 95. It is Thursday, April 2nd, 2020. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and it's Tough Being King. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. All right. As always, if you could like, share, comment, review this podcast on whatever podcast platform you're on, we would greatly appreciate it. We want to reach more people to share this critical information that we share every day. And if you're in a HIPAA compliant business, whether you're a business associate, I'm speaking to you, MSPs and IT vendors, um, or a covered entity like a dentist, chiropractor, optometrist, anything, any covered entity, Please go to Facebook, type Get HIPAA Compliance in the search, and join that group. All right, first up, CISA reports that Google has released an update for Google Chrome, and it is a security update, so you should apply it right away. You should be on version 80.0.3987.162. A new resource for us, NPR. Cybersecurity lawyer who flagged the WHO hack warns of massive remote work risks. This was actually reported um, a few days ago, two days ago, <clears throat> but uh, I meant to share it yesterday and I forgot, so here we are. Large numbers of companies are rolling out mandatory work-from-home policies to help limit the risks posed by the coronavirus outbreak, but cybersecurity experts warn that those remote setups invite new hacking risks, and I can tell you some stories already. The FBI recently issued warnings of an uptick in fraudulent crimes tied to the coronavirus, particularly by scammers posing as official health agencies. This month, a hacking group tried to break into the World Health Organization. The breach was discovered by Alexander Urbelis, a hacker-turned-information security lawyer who founded the New York-based Blackstone Law Group. Although Urbelis can't be certain about the identity of the hackers, he says the group replicated a portal used by remote who work uh, remote who employees that he describes as a very very convincing. <coughs> Rebellus spoke with NPR Steve Steve Inskip Inskip about the designs of such attacks and some best security cybersecurity practices people should use to defend themselves against hackers. The group that targeted the who we have been watching for quite a while and that group has been in fact targeted several of our other clients who is not one of the Blackstone's clients. And we have been monitoring the internet for indications that the group has reawakened or reactivated some of its infrastructure, and that's what we detected with respect to a live attack against the World Health Organization. It's very difficult to say with any certainty exactly who this is. There are some indications that the group by the name of Dark Hotel, which is known for targeting executives, checking into hotels and hotel Wi-Fi and things like that, may be responsible for this particular type of attack. What we do know though, is that the group that we've been watching is very sophisticated. Their attacks are very sleek. They're very well researched. The attackers perform a significant amount of reconnaissance on the configurations and systems of who they attack, and they painstakingly create portals portals that look exactly like the victim's portals. So um, the article goes on to talk about uh, how they they carry out the attacks and how you might be able to protect yourself against those attacks. Um, I would say probably number one thing, manually type in the address of the location on the internet you're trying to get to. 
All right. Um, Infosecurity-magazine.com. Secure backup company leaks 135 million records online. So SOS online backup leaked over 135 million records of leaked metadata and customer information after misconfiguring an online database. Um, so it was traced to a California headquarter SOS online backup, which claims to be a multi-award winning provider with 12 data centers around the globe. The firm was contacted on December 10th, and again seven days later, although it never replied to the researchers, the incident was mitigated on December 19th. Um, the team of VPN Mentor discovered the privacy snafu as part of its ongoing web mapping project that has already uncovered major cloud data leaks at brands including Decathlon, PhotoSquared, and Eves Rocher. The exposed database contained over 135 million records, totaling almost 70 gigs of metadata related to user accounts on SOS online backup. This included structural reference, description, and administrative metadata. Covering many aspects of SOS online backups, cloud services, VPN mentor explained. The trove also included PII such as names, emails, phone numbers, business details for corporate customers, and account usernames. Um, so that's not going to be a good look for SOS. The uh, Another source we don't usually carry, but this is actually good news, so I wanted to share it. And gadget um, FCC will require phone carriers to authenticate calls by June 2021, and this is a uh, this is in uh, response to the the battle to curb robocalls. By any by any chance, has anybody noticed the number of robocalls has dramatically decreased in the last couple of months because of I would imagine because of coronavirus? But the FCC announced today all carriers and phone companies must adopt the stir shaken protocol by June 30th, 2021. The regulatory requirement is designed to combat robocalls, specifically those that try to hide their phone numbers by allowing carriers to authenticate caller IDs. The agency says the widespread adoption of stir shaken will reduce the effectiveness of illegal spoofing, help law enforcement agencies identify bad actors, and most importantly, allow carriers to identify spammers before they ever call your phone. The FCC estimates fraudulent call schemes cost Americans approximately $10 billion every year. FCC Chairman Ajit Pai, Ajit Pai started pushing carriers to adopt the protocol in 2018. Congress also mandated the technology when it passed the TRACE Act last year. While the regulatory requirements to support stir shaking is a step in the right direction, it won't magically solve the scourge of robocalls overnight. It's not enough for carriers to merely implement the protocol on their own. They must also test that their implementation works with other networks. In other words, it's not something your wireless provider can just turn on. Moreover, as a customer, as a consumer who also you also need a device that can display the call or verified notification when someone calls you. While most modern smartphones support the feature out of the box, other handsets will not be a another other handsets will not be updated. Um, threat post two Zoom zero day flaws uncovered. So Zoom has really really taken a bean in the news lately. Uh, zero day Zoom flaws could give local unprivileged attackers root privileges and allow them to access victims' microphone and camera. Two zero-day flaws have been uncovered in Zoom's macOS client version. According to researchers, the web conferencing platform vulnerabilities could give local unprivileged attackers root privileges and allow them to access victims' microphone and camera. The two flaws uncovered by Patrick Wardle, principal security researcher with Jamf, 
emerge as Zoom comes under increased scrutiny over security measures, particularly with more employees working from home over the last few weeks due to the coronavirus pandemic. Today, we uncovered two local security issues affecting Zoom's macOS application, said Wardle in a post this week. Given Zoom's privacy and security track record, this should surprise absolutely zero people. The vulnerabilities come with the caveat that an attacker needs a local foothold on systems to exploit them, so bad actors would first need physical access to a victim's computer. Another attack scenario could include a post-malware infection attack by a remote adversary with a pre-existing foothold on the targeted system. The first flaw stems from an issue with Zoom's installer and allows unprivileged attackers to gain root privileges. The issue stems from the Zoom installer using the authorization execute with privileges application programming interface function, which is used to install the Zoom macOS app leveraging pre-installation scripts without any user interaction. The API has actually been deprecated by Apple because it does not attempt to validate a binary being executed at root. Because Zoom is using the API, it means a local unprivileged attacker or a piece of malware may be able to surreptitiously tamper or replace that item in order to escalate their privileges to root, said Wardle. To exploit Zoom, the local non-privileged attacker could simply modify a binary to include the run with root script during an install because it would then not be validated, they would ultimately gain root access. The second zero-day flaw gives attacker Zoom's mic and camera access, allowing for a way to record Zoom meetings or snoop in on victims' personal lives sans a user access prompt. Zoom requires access to a system microphone and camera due to its nature of being a web conferencing platform. While recent versions of macOS require explicit user approval for these permissions, Zoom has an exception that allows code to be injected by third-party libraries. Wordle said a malicious third-party library could be loaded into Zoom's process address bar address space, automatically inheriting all Zoom's process access rights and ultimately giving attackers control over these camera and microphone permissions. Due to an exception entitlement, we showed how to inject a malicious library into Zoom's trusted process context. Wardle said this affords malware the ability to record all Zoom meetings or simply spawn Zoom in the background to access the mic and webcam at arbitrary times. Wardle said the former flaw is problematic as many enterprises now utilize Zoom for likely sensitive business meetings, while the latter is problematic as it affords malware the opportunity to surreptitious access either the mic or the webcam with no Mac OS alerts and or prompts. Now, we uh, also saw that there was a scenario where Zoom was able to access UNC files through Windows. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that probably on tomorrow's podcast. Um, but Zoom is really taking it... Uh, on the chin as of late, and it's too bad because it, it is tough to be king, I guess. Um, threat post, top email protections fail in latest COVID-19 phishing campaign. An effective spoofing campaign promises user important information about new coronavirus cases in the local area, scooting past Proofpoint and Microsoft Office 365 ATPs. Threat actors continue to capitalize on fears surrounding the spread of COVID-19 virus through a surge in new phishing campaigns that use spoofing tactics to effectively evade Proofpoint Microsoft Office 365 advanced threat protection. Researchers have found the CoFence Phishing Defense Center discovered new phishing attacks that use socially engineered emails promising to access promising access to important information about cases of COVID-19 in the receiver's local area. According to the blog post published Tuesday, 
by CoFence researcher Kian Madavi. The emails evade basic security checks and use common sense in a number of ways to circumvent detection and steal the user's Microsoft login credentials, he said. They also don't include specific names or greetings in the body of the messages, suggesting they are being sent out to broad target audience according to CoFence. So that is one of the keys you look for in a phishing email. Um, n not sent to a specific person if it's just general, you know, it's just a generic receiver, a generic um, recipient, then uh, that is a, a clue that it is phishing. Um, but I've said it before, and I'll say it again, the, the people sending these phishing attacks are becoming more and more sophisticated. The, the software they're using and the emails they're writing are becoming more and more sophisticated. So you really need to be on your A game. And we really need to teach people. We need to teach employees. We need to teach everybody how to recognize a phishing email. Um, Bleeping Computer reports hacking group backdoors thousands of Microsoft SQL servers daily. Hackers have been brute forcing thousands of vulnerable Microsoft SQL servers daily to install crypto miners and remote access Trojans since May of 2018, as researchers at Guardia, Guardia Core Labs discovered in December. This attack campaign is still actively infecting between 2,000 and 3,000 Microsoft SQL servers on a daily basis, and it was dubbed Volgar because the Krypton mining crypts, scripts it deploys on compromised SQL servers will mine for Monero and Volar cryptocurrency. Its operators use brute force to breach the targeted machines and will subsequently deploy backdoors that drop several malicious modules, including remote access Trojans and crypto miners. Having MS SQL servers exposed to the internet with weak credentials is not the best of practices, Guardia Core security researcher Ofer Harpaz explained in a report published today, meaning this is actually yesterday. This might explain how this campaign has managed to infect around 3,000 database machines daily. Um, the attacks are coming from China primarily, and uh, it continues to be a problem, especially if you're using, again, internet-facing uh, SQL servers with weak credentials. This is just really bad practice. Um, Bleepy Computer also reports Microsoft is alerting hospitals vulnerable to ransomware attacks. Microsoft has started to send targeted notifications to dozens of hospitals about vulnerable public-facing VPN devices and gateways located on their network. As part of the tracking of various groups behind human-operated ransomware attacks, Microsoft has seen one of their operations known as Revel, Soto Nakibi, targeting vulnerabilities in VPN devices and gateway appliances to breach a network. Pulse VPN devices have been known to be targeted by threat actors with this vulnerability thought to be behind the TravelX ransomware attack by Revel. Now, we reported a while ago, probably a couple months ago, a vulnerability in Pulse VPN. And if you haven't patched that, then that, that could lead to this... this um, you being a targeted by Soda Nokibi um, through your Pulse VPN servers. Other attackers such as Doppelpamer or Ragnarok ransomware were also seen in the past utilizing the Citrix ADC Netscaler vulnerability, which we've also reported on a few times, to compromise the network. There's, a, there's been proven to be activity um, around that vulnerability. So if you haven't patched that, you need to patch it. Once ransomware actors breach a network with these vulnerabilities, they will spread literally across the network while obtaining administrative credentials. Ultimately, they deploy, they deploy their ransomware to encrypt all the data on the network. 
With healthcare organizations such as hospitals being overwhelmed during the coronavirus pandemic, Microsoft wants to help these organizations stay ahead of their threat actors by sending targeted notifications about vulnerable devices on their network. Through Microsoft's vast network of threat intelligence sources, we identified several dozens of hospitals with vulnerable gateway and VPN appliances in their infrastructure. To help these hospitals, many already inundated with patients, we sent out a first-of-its-kind targeted notification with important information about the vulnerabilities, how attackers can take advantage of them, and a strong recommendation to apply security updates that will protect them from exploits of these particular exploits and Others like it, Microsoft stated today in a new blog post, again, that being yesterday. By sending these targeted alerts to hospitals, healthcare organizations can proactively install security updates on public-facing devices to prevent threat actors from being, from taking advantage of them. To protect against ransomware operations such as Revel, the Microsoft Defender Advanced Threat Protection Research Team recommends implementing the following mitigation measures against human-operated ransomware attacks. Hardened internet-facing assets, apply security, the latest security updates, use threat and vulnerability management, and perform regular audit, remove privileged credentials, thoroughly investigate and remediate alerts, prioritize and threat com commodity malware infections as, oh, sorry, prioritize and treat commodity malware infections as potential full compromise, include IT pros in security discussions, ensure collaboration among SecOps, SecAdmins, and IT admins, to configure servers and other endpoints securely. I will tell you in, in most, in a lot of environments, the departments are kind of siloed. They don't really communicate well with each other. Build credential hygiene, use MFA or NLA and use strong randomized just-in-time local admin passwords. Apply principle of least privilege. Monitor for ad adversarial activities, hunt for brute force attempts, hunt monitor for cleanup of event logs and analyze logon credentials. Harden infrastructure, use Windows Defender Firewall, enable Tamper protection, enable cloud-delivered protection, turn on attack surface reduction rules, and AMSI for Office VBA. So there's some steps for you enterprise IT folks, and especially in the hospital and the healthcare industry. So, And we have some HIPAA breaches to report. It looks like we got four here. Stockdale Radiology in California has announced that patient data has been compromised as a result of a ransomware attack on January 17, 2020. An internal investigation confirmed that the attackers gained access to patients' first and last names, addresses, refund logs, and personal health information, including doctor's notes. Stockdale Radiology said a limited number of patient files were publicly exposed by the attackers. Stockdale Radiology also discovered on January 29th that further patient information that may have been accessed but has not been publicly disclosed. Systems were immediately shut down to prevent any further unauthorized Data access and a third-party computer forensics firm was engaged to investigate the breach and determine how access was gained and who was affected. The FBI was immediately notified about the attack and arrived at Stockdale Radiology within 30 minutes. The FBI investigation into the breach is ongoing. Uh, affordable urgent care clinics suffer ransomware attack. Abilene, Texas-based Affordacare Urgent Care Clinics has started notifying patients that some of their protected health information may have been compromised as a result of a ransomware attack. The attack was discovered on February 4th and believed to have started on or around February 1st. An analysis of the breach revealed the attackers gained access to its servers and deployed maze ransomware. Prior to deploying the ransomware, the attackers downloaded patient information. Some of the data has been publicly exposed. The maze is one of those groups that said they will do that. 
The types of data on the compromised servers included names, addresses, telephone numbers, ages, dates of birth, visit dates, visit locations, reasons for visits, health insurance provider names, health insurance policy numbers, insurance group numbers, treatment codes, and descriptions. In healthcare provider comments, no financial information, electronic health records, or social security numbers were compromised. The Georgia Department of Human Services has announced that staff in Augusta, Georgia, improperly disposed of boxes of confidential case files containing the records of individuals who received services from the Division of Family and Children's Services. Before June 12th of 2017, individuals who received services from the Division of Aging Services before 2017, after being alerted to the incident, immediately immediate action was taken to recover the boxes to prevent them from being accessed by unauthorized individuals. The Georgia Department of Human Services does not believe the files were accessed by unauthorized individuals during the time the files were left unprotected. All affected patients are being notified about the breach and policies and procedures are being reviewed to prevent similar incidents in the future. Uh, Office of uh, Office of Civil Rights reports that there was up to 500 individuals. Nice round number for you. And finally, Neogenomics is alerting 911 patients that some of the PHI has been accidentally disclosed to an unauthorized individual. On January 28th, an employee was communicating with a patient about completing and returning a form to Neogenomics, Neogenomics and accidentally attached and sent the wrong Excel spreadsheet. Spreadsheet sent to the patient included data of patients who had laboratory tests performed be- between January 2018 and October of 2019. The spreadsheet contained patients' first and last names, dates of birth, and the name of the tests performed by Neogenomics. Neogenomics. The results of the tests were not included in the spreadsheet, and no other information was per- impermissibly disclosed. The error was reported to Neogenomics by a patient who confirmed in writing that the spreadsheet has been deleted. Out of abundance of caution, Neogenomics has offered affected individuals complimentary credit monitoring services. Okay. So we have two ransomware attacks, one improper disposal, and an error, an employee error sending the wrong file in an email. No phishing. That's good news, I guess. Uh, That is going to do it for this edition for the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. So until tomorrow, stay safe, stay secure, and stay healthy.